hello everyone so there's been uh, one person that's shown a very specific interest in me doing some kind of day in the life of a professional witch or a day in the life of me what i get up to and what i do on a day-to-day -day basis and that might be a little difficult to pull off because obviously a lot of what i do revolves around working with clients and i don't although i like to use real life examples for things i don't like to push people's business out and about in the public domain even on a private platform such as this now i could do lots of behind the scenes stuff for the shop and my personal life and that sort of thing but you know realistically I don't know really what good that's going to do. I mean, I know some people just are genuinely interested as to what other people get up to, but I always try to strive to work to put content out that benefits people. That's not just a little bit of gossip or something that's somewhat entertaining or interesting. I always feel like there needs to be some kind of like lesson or something that i really feel would benefit whoever's listening and i don't know maybe i'll do something like that one at some point um but at the moment i've decided that i want to talk about a couple of things that are all very much linked together okay iron castles and graves is what I want to talk about today. And I want to try and tie a couple of things together, which may give you a little bit of an insight into what happens behind the scenes and how I work with clients and things like that. But I want to go into a little bit of detail on modern mystery traditions, um, sacred sites, alchemy, money, people's problems, clients, all that sort of thing. And today I'm going to specifically talk about a certain type of client. So these are not mentees in the form of teaching people witchcraft, nor are they mundanes in the sense that they're coming to pay me to do a quick fix job, paying me to screw over their ex or to assist them get some kind of money or, you know, generally is health, wealth, or love, or protection is normally what a lot of mundane seem to go to witches for, that kind of thing. Instead, I'm going to talk about something that is extremely important, I believe. Um, and if indeed I did have a heart, this process would be very close to said heart. Um, and this is something that I think in the modern age is not fully understood is something that people i think there are so many people out there that are trying to do this work but i think fail miserably at this work um there is also a lot of people that attempt to do this work that well no sorry they don't attempt to do this work that pretend to do this work but do not actually do this work um so the first thing I want to talk about is life coaching, okay? Because some of the actual clients I take, they 
come to me not necessarily as a witch, but they come to me for counsel. They come to me to help them fix their lives. They can. They seem to think that their lives are screwed or they don't have the life that they want and they want me to assist them in getting that life. It's basically what I would call life coaching. I don't work like a lot of the life coaches out there would work, but some people do. I do offer the service of life coaching life coaching in my specific style. Now, the first thing I want to delve into is the universe fighting against you and the universe fighting against your work. This is a very, very big theme. And this is a theme that tends to get answered through bullshit copy and paste gnosis, such as the rule of three, karma, all of that kind of thing. Um, and no one really gets to the heart of it. Now, some people that have been practicing for a certain amount of time and have really delved into spellcasting will notice that some spells they can pull off really quickly. And some spells just don't work out. Now, uh, there are a lot of beginners that may be listening to this. And I am not talking about beginners here. What I'm talking about is I'm talking about people that have got a lot of experience with spellcasting, that truly understand the art of spellcasting, yeah, and have done many, 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 many different spells, and many, 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 much of the same spells over and over again for different situations and stuff, and have extremely high success rates, okay? I'm talking about people that know what they're talking about, and that have got a lot of experience with skills, spell casting yet still still notice that despite them understanding how the system works there are some things that get in the way of their spells okay it seems that the universe itself goes out of its way to interfere with the practice and this is a great mystery for many people but it's the mystery that i want to have a little conversation about today. So what happens if I'm trying to make a change in the universe? Well, if I'm wanting to make a change in the universe, it is exactly that, a change. When we do spell casting, we package up energy and release it to go into a job, which means that we are trying to change an outcome. That means that that thing that you're wanting to happen or manifest is not going to do it on its own. You have to change the system, yeah? Some things require a little change, which requires little energy. Some things require big change, which requires big energy. Some things you set out to change, and you start to change those things, but other things then want to get involved and change things back. You have competition, like a tug of war, or when the two old ladies I've noticed go to Waitrose on a Monday evening when all of the discounts come in and they all run down the aisles quite literally trying to get all the best deals first. They, have, or they are in competition with each other, you see. And there is a certain amount of competition between practitioners and such. But then some will notice that the universe itself resists. 
And when we say the universe, we dumb that down when we say the universe. What most people say when they say the universe, they mean some massive force that's beyond their comprehension is dead set against them accomplishing something. Now, sometimes that can be spirits and deities that you can put a face on and a name to. Other times it just seems like there's an innate force that is against the person. Much of this time, the true secret is that that force is in fact an aspect of themselves. Now we can get in our own way many a times. For basic spell work, I see it an awful lot. Some people make their own spells fuck up because unconsciously they do not truly really want the work to happen. But also, sometimes a greater aspect of themselves gets in the way. So you may truly want something and unconsciously and consciously both want that, to truly want something. And yet still there is an aspect of yourself that stops that thing from happening. Most people fuck up their spell work because they don't apply the energy, they don't know how they want the thing to manifest, and they don't truly necessarily even want the thing consciously or unconsciously. Normally they consciously want a thing, but unconsciously they dislike it. For example, with questionable ethics, some people want a bitch dead, and they really hate the bitch, but somewhere deep down unconsciously, they feel like they're not a killer, and they don't really want that, and that can end up making the manifestation of the spell be somewhat different, unusual, um, or it can just mean that the spell doesn't work at all. Now, we're talking about something at a much higher level, and it's something that we don't really talk about, but it's important for us to talk about this in order to get to the next step to truly understand this journey. Um, and the great mystery of alchemical transmutation that we're actually talking about when it comes to modern day and ancient life coaching. So, a force, you want something. You consciously want it, you unconsciously want it, but some aspect of you says no, some aspect of you resists it. Some soul contract, you, for whatever reason, are not supposed to get this thing, or potentially not supposed to get this thing in this way, which means that there's some level of interference. Now, when it comes to teaching and mentoring, we of course can tweak your journey a little bit, both me and Chris, but we're always trying to aim to get you to the place you want to go. Now, this is most unusual because normally people impart on a journey and get led by spirit guides or get led by some kind of curriculum of a tradition or a secret society or, you know, that kind of thing, religion, whatever. Um, rarely do you give a child and say to the child, what do you want for tea? Because they always pick chocolate or where do you want to go? They pick some ob obscure, stupid place like Narnia, for example. But we, we tend to indulge this because this is real life. In real life, you are an individual and you're on a journey. And if you decide to go to somewhere stupid, 
you decided to go to somewhere stupid and that may be a good idea for us to go along with that ride and assist you when you get yourself into trouble. Where the problems come is when you have a great teacher that truly does map out a system curriculum for you. And then what happens is, well, you're then left on your own. You've developed great power, ability, critical thinking, all of that. And yet you've never steered the ship before. You've had someone else steering the ship for the greater good of your progression, but you yourself has, have never steered the ship. Okay. And this is what we tried to get around when it comes to the mentoring. Now, there is a specific journey and a specific path of the ancients. It's been around for a very, very long time. And we've alluded to it and talked about it briefly, but never really delved into it. That is this idea of ascension or ascension. The idea of um, evolving the soul is what many people talk about is the great work and such. And I'm here to talk to you today a little bit about how this form of ascension and that how people start off from that never going through the magical means because there are many ways to evolve the soul and magic is perhaps the best way of doing it however it's not the only way of doing it so when it comes to life coaching and my business of life coaching because i charge money for life coaching and stuff none of these people none of these clients come to me because they say liam i want you to help me evolve my soul and you know ascend and such new agey type concepts as that instead what they do is they say liam i'm not happy about my life or i'm not happy about this part of my life which is really just a placeholder for you know a symptom more often than not that they latch on to um, whether it be the fact that they're poor or whether it be the fact that they're fat or, you know, all of these things tend to be a placeholder for this sums up why my life is shit. And if I could only change this one thing, my life would be better. If I could only be rich, my life would be better. If I could only drop a few pangs, my life would be better. You know, all of these things. If I only didn't have this illness, my life would be better. And unfortunately, that's not true. Now, we have to very, very, very be very careful when it comes to magical practices, me and Chris, because we try to do things responsibly. I'm not saying we try to do things morally or necessarily ethically, but we do try to do things responsibly. That means that if some people come to us and are willing to pay, the fee for us actually changing and restacking the deck of cards that is the universe to give someone this thing. That we will not always do that if it goes against not the natural order, but what's in the best, uh, what's best for the person. Some people are supposed to go through the thing that they're going through. And maybe, yes, we have the ability to change that. But if you see that changing that has a long-term negative effect on a person, 
then I say no, I don't do that. Now, I know for most people, particularly a lot of professional spellcasters, magicians and modern cunning folk and such, um, that flock their wares and such, are often shit. And most of the time, if it comes to a big problem, most of these people are unwilling to be able... They don't have the power or the ability or the experience to actually lift a block and get round something like that. So... Generally speaking, a lot of people I've seen will purchase a spell or a spell kit or something like that, do the spell, and it, it won't really manifest what it is. When you truly do develop the ability to really start interfering, it means we're able to break through some of these safety features that are inherent in people's soul contracts, in the world, the universe, all of these things. You can take the safety off which can be dangerous, and you have a responsibility then when you take that safety off to work responsibly, because on your head be it, and I'm not talking about retribution, I'm talking about what you have to live with. So if you interfere with someone someone's path and such, and has a negative impact on them. You're responsible for that. And it never would have happened had you not got involved. Okay. Now, what is this kind of alchemical transmutation and stuff like that? Well, I'm going to break this down. And I'm going to talk about what life coaching is really about from a mundane new agey sense. And then I'm going to compare this to ancient traditions sacred brotherhood, sisterhoods, cults, mystery schools, these sorts of things. And I want to talk a little bit about that now. And I want to give you the opportunity to truly see how this can look in a modern context. Okay, because a lot of people in the pagan world haven't got a fucking clue when it comes to the great institutions, mystery schools, cults, that would surround deities and concepts and stuff from the ancient world. What they do is they play around with plastic figurines and statues and light incense and feel like they're doing some kind of work when they really aren't. Okay. Now, when it comes to life coaching, guiding someone through, getting the life, that they want. When a client comes to me and wants assistance from me, this mundane person that doesn't just want to spell, that comes to me to say, Liam, I need your help. I'm hurting. My life is not supposed to be like this, and I don't want my life to be like this. The first thing that they always talk about is the symptoms. In fact, is the mainly is the thing that they talk about is the symptoms. It's not truly the root cause. And this is holistic medicine. This is holistic health. This is holistic coaching. So we need to understand the full context of the situation. Now, obviously, I can go about and use psychic and magical means for that, but that that then turns me into some kind of oracle. That turns me into a, you need to do this. I have all the answers. I'll tell you where you're going wrong, oracle type shit. And that's not what this process is about. What this process is normally about is giving someone 
and helping them work through their life story, what they're doing, why they do it, and then giving them power and tools and opening up doors for them to actually get self-control and have control over their life, their destiny and such, okay? And this is very interesting. One of the reasons why I like to do this with mundanes is because with mundanes, it's quicker than doing it with some of these neo-pagans that claim to be doing this kind of work. Because the neo-pagan sits there and they have an idea of how this is supposed to work. They're supposed to worship something. They're supposed to do some rituals. They're supposed to do something. The mundane wants a practical approach. And through the practical approach, we work from the ground up. There is no mystical. And yet, everything about the process is mystical and magical. And they, a little switch in their head flips and they see this for the first time. And when they see this for the first time, it really does. It's like a paradigm shift. And that is the first lesson, the first step to be made when it comes to life coaching. Now, the title of this is Iron, Castles and Graves. But what I want to do is instead of explaining to you what the iron, the castles or castle and the graves are because there's stories behind these i'm going to talk to you about the modern slave trade okay now slavery is still a thing when i talk about slavery in the western world because mainly what i'm talking about with life coaching because i only do this with in-person clients although i will probably start taking on more distance people but when I talk about the modern slave trade and when I talk to, about slavery with people and ask what, they, what their ideas of slavery are, very often they think of slavery from far off lands, foreign countries, okay? Oh, over in that country they have slaves, all oh, over there dictators, this, that and the other. Some people mention slavery as in the slave triangle as in, you know, years ago stolen from Africa type slavery, okay? Very few people talk about slavery that happens in the UK, in the Western world. Slavery that is literally happening probably within a few miles from where you personally live, which is normally um, slave trade when it comes to prostitution and all of that kind of thing and brothels and sex slaves and sex trafficking and stuff like that. That's modern slavery that takes place in probably not too far away from you. You know, and people don't think about that. The one thing that very, very few people talk about, because it doesn't make headlines, is modern slavery of our modern world, the slavery that's always taken place. We're, we have ideas of slavery with shackles around the neck, you know, that film Django, at the beginning of that film Django, where they're all kind of chained together and walking and marching and, you know, that kind of ideas of slavery. A lot of people have that. Some people have ideas of slavery when it comes to kind of Roman slavery, gladiators, servitude, that kind of thing. 
but not that many people think of when I say the shackles of slavery as a tie around your neck. The tie that goes with that lovely suit that you wear to work every day. This is the slavery that I tend to deal with the most when it comes to life coaching, because this sums up very often pe what people dislike about their lives. They see their lives and they feel innately like they are a slave. There's this concept called the rat race which is that you grow up and then you get a job and as soon as you grow up is shit. And that some people that have had a fucked up, messed up childhood, they experience a lot of trauma and a lot of shit just at an earlier age. Sometimes they, more people experience more shit and different kinds of shit than other people. But ultimately there's this magical idea of childhood and then you grow up and you are a corporate puppet and a slave and you, know, you really have to savour those couple of weeks of holiday you get when you get to go abroad and live like a king in some packaged holiday you've saved up your pennies for it some people have grandiose ideas that actually if i just get a little bit of money i won't be that slave anymore i'll be rich and i'll be happy and such now my clients when it comes to life coaching all come from very different backgrounds I've literally know people that are not in the millionaire or multi-millionaire bracket. I have one client that is a billionaire, okay? A billionaire with a B, right? And yet, it doesn't matter how much money or how much health someone has. So I've got people that have got serious health conditions. I've got people with no family. I've got people with too much family that they just get, they, they don't get on with. I've got so many people from different backgrounds and yet the root cause, a lot of the problems is this idea that they are not happy with their lives. And we live in a kind of a world where we're not, I don't think, honest with this. We compare ourselves to each other, and there's this whole idea that, you know, social media and the modern world is toxic because you compare yourself and your life to a fake life that someone else has that they post on social media. I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about you, and everyone listening to this is an individual, okay? And I see a great amount of people being told they need to be grateful for what they have, okay? You need to be grateful because first world problems, okay? There's always someone that's in a worse position from you. And this is a terrible way to look at things, okay, when it comes to life coaching, because that doesn't come from a sense of empowerment. That doesn't come from a sense of change. What that comes from is a, well, you know, it could be far fucking worse. So you better buck up your ideas, mate. And I see this a lot. And what I tend to do when it comes to life coaching and dealing with things, I tend to think, obviously, it can be better. It can be worse, but it can also be better. So let's focus on making your life better. Okay. And there's a lot of guilt that people have with this. And some people get the concept of it, and some people don't. 
I'm very, very, very specific with the type of clients that I take on when it comes to life coaching because, A, I have to feel like I'm going to add benefit to them, but also I have to feel like they're not going to waste my time, that they're actually wanting to change. Change, we talk about growing pains. Changes can be painful. And most people you think are scared of the change and are scared of change. A lot of people I've noticed are scared of pain, okay, and the unknown. And a lot of people, that even if you tell people what changes to make and you help them and you make it as easy as possible, there are the people that are scared because they're, they know the process is going to be painful. You can often work with those people. The people that you really have to really put so much effort into are the people that are damaged to the extent which they don't feel that they are worth it. You see, there's this idea that there are people that suffer and the people that, that, that know and can understand the basic ideas of the change they need to make in their life, and yet they don't make those changes. And the reason they don't make those changes is because their lives might actually change. And they don't want their lives to change because for whatever reason, they don't feel they deserve that happy life. They don't feel like they deserve to be in that situation. And this is all going on, on a little bit of a tangent. So I'm going to link this back to the ancient world mystery schools. And because there's the magical practitioners that will probably be listening to this, I want to talk a little bit about magic and a little bit about alchemical transmutation in general, um, liminal spaces to a certain extent, but we're going to link this back to a group of people, some individuals who I've life coached and assist, and the changes that happen to them. And then society and paganism in particular, and magical practice, because so much of this is learned, uh, is all kind of linked together. Now, if I say to someone, like yourself, give me an example of a sacred site, okay? Because we have these concepts of sacred sites, and you see about it all in paganism and all, all that sort of thing. A lot of people's ideas of sacred sites are ancient sites that were of some kind of religious or, you know, magical... Um, use, Stonehenge, sacred site, um, temples in Greece and ruins and such sacred site. Oh, it's a church or a cathedral, sacred site. Oh, that sacred grove that the pagans go to to do their little rituals, that's a sacred site, you know. There are three sacred sites. There is a stereotypical sacred site. There is a bullshit sacred site, fake sacred site, um, and then there is a sacred site that no one would ever think, or the uninitiated would not see as a sacred site. Now, a sacred site is something that is obviously of great meaning and sacred to a person or a collective or a group of people. Now, my clients recognise the iron, the castle, and the grave 
as sacred sites and they don't sit down and listen to me lecture them and explain the mysteries of why this place or these places are sacred sites they come to me and they say do you know what i feel the energy of this place do you know what this place has changed me sacred these sites become sacred to those people because of the roles these sites play in their life and particularly in the alchemical change that i have a tendency to specialize in which is that life change that getting you or the person out of modern slavery to become the person you don't know you want to be yet don't know you want to be it because you don't know what you want most people don't know what they want and a lot of this approach is to truly try to understand what their great work is what their point of being here is not their purpose in life but the thing that they have to do with this life. And that's something that's fascinating. It certainly fascinates me. So sacred sites. One of these places, which is the graves, the iron, the castle and the graves. The first place, which many people could understand as a sacred site, is a cemetery is in Bristol, it's called Arnusvel. It's a sacred site to a number of my clients and a number of the people that I've coached for the simple reason that they great, great epiphanies. They've gone through pain. They've cried there. Not because they've gone there and buried people, but because it has been the site of a great change within them. And, you know, memories are such that music can remind you of a certain stage in your life or an object might remind you of a certain thing or perfume might remind you of a certain person this place is sacred to them because of those things and all of these free tools they become tools they don't start off necessarily as tools but they certainly become tools and they become memories and they become representations symbolic to the people that i coach now, these three places are in fairly close proximity, and they all serve different purposes. And these purposes have grown organically. I've not necessarily set out using my witchy rods to divine where the blessed places to put these specific uh, quests, challenges, and consultations in place are. But these places are the, the three common ones that I seem to have accumulated when it comes to life coaching. Arnusvale Cemetery is the first one. For people that don't know, Arnusvale Cemetery is a very interesting, fascinating cemetery in pretty much the heart of Bristol. It's very unusual. I have posted pictures about it before, but I will probably post some anyway, just so that you get a bit of a gist. Um, but I meet clients there. I meet both mundane clients there. I meet people that I uh, mentor. And then I also meet life coaching clients there also. And it's a very unusual place because for the mundane 
meeting a weirdo in a cemetery is a bit of a cool kind of quirky weird thing it's a conversation starter i met some weird witch called liam that's going to tell me and teach me how to uh you know get my life in care i met him for the first time in a in a cemetery he literally popped up from behind behind a grave these are the sort of things that a lot of people love is one of the reasons just one there are multiple reasons one of the reasons why i choose on a spell because it really is cemeteries outside of people's usual everyday lives unless you decide to go and walk your dog through the cemetery most or you know visit graves and that most people don't even notice cemeteries they don't think to go there and honest valley is one that they have um a cafe meeting rooms places that you can hire out and all that kind of thing in the ground so to meet someone for a business meeting there is not too unusual okay and it's very easy to get to public transport wise and such so it makes sense that if a witch was to do consultations and meet people that this you know is not your stereotypically average usual cemetery but i go to arnesville and meet clients there for deep talks wanderings and distractions and i have had so many people break down there not break down there because they've gone past the grave of someone they love great down there because i make sure that when i take someone there and we do work there that it is the work that you do and the changes that it creates the atmosphere that they need to be almost in two worlds almost outside of their own world when they walk through those gates they are in a weird wonderful somewhat magical place and that's the energy that kind of retains for them they start off from day one as this is not an experience i've ever had before you know meeting some weirdo in cemetery this is fucking weird right that's from just before they've even got there right it only ever gets worse when we do certain things in different parts of the cemetery but you know that we'll get onto that eventually at some point so when it comes to the life coaching that i tend to do the first thing is is that obviously we need to kind of work out what the problems are okay so what is it they want what do they want a life coach what do they want my help with and all of these people come out with the symptoms as i've said they don't come out with the actual innate problem they don't tell me the life they want they tell me the some bullshit which is normally things that they think will make their life better in reality they don't tend to even if they get those things um not truly give them the life that they live they feel fulfilled it just means that they've just you know got an extra thing that's made their life a little better but not worth living a lot of the time unfortunately um which is what we're really wanting when it comes to the life coaching aspect so another one of these places is 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 another uh unusual one the castle okay the castle now the castle i'm going to talk about is a black castle and i don't mean it's a black castle because it's some eerie evil castle the black castle is not too far away from arnasville it's probably about a 10 minute walk away from arnasville okay it is a old folly i believe so it is a big black stone castle in the middle of bristol that is a pub so it is a pub called the black castle 
but it is actually a castle. It is not just some little rundown little pub that is called the Black Castle, like you get a pub called the Star or the King's Arms or something. It is actually a huge castle that has been turned into a pub. Okay. Very weird. Very interesting. Very cheap. I meet clients there because, A, it's a nice idea to meet a witch at a Black Castle and to get somewhere that's quite close by, easy to get to, but it's a little bit unusual. You actually have to park in the car park and walk through the courtyard, through under the great big, huge, through the, the gates and all that sort of thing, and you're going into a pub. It's not unusual, because people just feel, well, I'm going to a pub, he's meeting me at a pub, but after a couple of months, that whole journey of going to that castle and the things that take place in that castle, which are normally very informal, they, well, there's a mystery there, which I'll, I'll get to probably later. I don't know if I'm going to share that, but maybe, maybe not. We'll see. So the castle is a pub, a pub. I have to meet clients and talk to clients and it's a bit of a fucking pain in the ass if I've got to go and drive to all of their houses. So generally speaking, it might help that, there's somewhere locally that we can all meet, that I can meet them on an individual basis. It's not uncommon for me to go to the Black Castle and book people in slots and just grab a table and then I have a client come and then they do their session and then they go. I do, I've do. i done tarot readings there. I've done all sorts of readings. Uh, talked to all sorts of people, met all sorts of people. Um, deals done at the Black Castle and such. I'll leave that at that. Um, and... The people that work there don't give a shit. Okay, they're they're worth, they're used to weird people going to the Black Castle, so they've never ever had a problem with me getting tarot cards out or anything like that, which also helps. Um, nor have they had any problems with the sorts of conversations I've had. Um, they haven't had a problem with you know all different types of society members of society going there. Uh, put it that way. Um, so meeting places, all three of these places are meeting places. The iron is a meeting place, the castle is a meeting place, the graveyard, the grave meeting place. And they all have specific uses. Now, people don't necessarily open up. You can have a generalized conversation with someone at a pub and it puts them at ease. It's a public place, you know, you just go. And when it comes to having general conversations, checking up on people, meeting someone for a pint or lunch or dinner or anything like that in an informal, friendly way. Life coaching is a lot about setting the right example and making things easy and really being there not overly formally. And the great thing about utilizing something like this is that friends meet friends down the pub, friends meet friends for lunch and coffee and such. And when I check up on clients to see where they are, you know, I like to do that in an informal setting. The Black Castle is a great informal setting for that, which is why I use it. When you want a client to truly open up, sometimes you want to actually take themselves out of their comfort zone. And they also don't want to be around other people. They don't want to have a fucking breakdown in the middle of the pub where everyone turns around and looks at them. No. That's what I use RNSL for a lot of the time. We will wander around. It is a place of reflection. 
There's a lot of little hidey holes and crevices and all sorts of things that go in there. You can wander around for hours and hours because um, it's quite a big place. And no one thinks twice if they see someone crying at a bench next to a grave, you know. No one cares about that sort of thing. And you can make it as public or quiet as you want. Also, when it comes to ritualistic work and, and teaching witchcraft and magic, I also take mentees there and meet people there for the same reason. Um, but death and such like that, there's a great saying that um, someone that I greatly admire um, talks about. In fact, he has a piece of jewellery, gold jewellery, there's an hourglass, and um, he often speaks about the symbology of it, that the hourglass reminds him that his time on earth is finite. This life, he has to get things accomplished because he's running out of time. That, that, that sand timer doesn't stop. There's always sand flowing through. And very often when it comes to reflections with Arnasville, I haven't necessarily tried to hammer home the fact that, you know, bitch, you're going to die. You know, better, you know, life is short. It's too short to be having a shit life. You know, a lot of clients turn around and say, you know what, you met me here because it gets me to contemplate my uh, my life and the fact that I'm going to die at some point, don't you? And I'm like, well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why it is, but it's not every reason. Um, but again, Arnasfels is a very magical place and it's very useful for things like that. So having a place where you can meet a friendly chat, update that kind of thing. Having a sacred place where you have a breakdown, where it's, it's real traumatic work, talking to someone, going through stuff, explaining stuff, I normally reserve that for Arnestville. Okay. And it works wonderfully. Um, the third one, iron. Now, when it comes to great mystery schools, when it comes to m modern paganism, a lot of the bullshit comes from the Airy Fairy Brigade. And some of the Airy Fairy Brigade kind of almost get the concept. Most of them don't. You can tell most of them don't because they try to embrace a holistic lifestyle and become strong, independent people, magical practitioners, whatever. But their lives are a complete fucking shambles. And they're completely inept and not happy they're not a mad person roaming the streets overly happy with their life choosing to live that lifestyle no they're people that are kidding themselves and constantly having to give these mantras to themselves saying i am happy i am this i am that because they know they fucking ain't and that is not my style of life coaching. That is not my style of thing. I don't get people to repeat the fact that, oh, yes, I am a unique, special snowflake. I am a strong, independent woman, that kind of shit. I don't ever get people to do that because they ain't. They aren't. They aren't. My job is to assist them and get them to be that person. And I don't do that by some bullshit psychological cheap manipulation of trying to get them to believe their own fucking lie which that sort of thing is when you're trying to do um what is it they call them i don't want to say manifestations mantras and stuff like that and repeat 
people spend ridiculous amounts of money on books and audio books that tell them to repeat sentences and all that sort of thing you don't fucking work you know um instead i tend to rip i tend to rip them out i tend to actually say you know the person that comes to me and identifies problems i tend to say okay you're right you're right about that problem for the simple reason that that's coming from your heart you're saying that when the person comes to me and says i'm shit and my life is shit and i waste my life and i don't deserve to be here i say if that's how you feel that's how you feel and we try to delve into that when someone says to me i'm fat i say are you are you fat why do you think you're fat what do you think if someone says to me i need more money i'm not rich i want to be rich i ask them why and what they feel that they're going to get from that what i don't do is i don't give them the bullshit of don't worry you're good just the way you are because that's a fucking lie they're not good they're not fucking happy clearly they're not happy so they ain't good with the life they're they're at but these tiny little things we have to normally use as a vehicle you see because when people come to me is not when someone says to me look i'm poor i'm on benefits I'm in and out of work, I'm in and out of a job, you know, I'm in fucked up relationships, I'm not very healthy, you know, I've got this problem, that problem. I try to write them down, I always make a note of what these people, that, that they have, I try to get them to if they're open to it, but it's nice to see all of the shit that we have to deal with, to see it all mount up in bullet point form. I like that, I like to see that, because that's something that we can work with. And there's a certain something that i've learned a lot from pt uh coaching and doing personal training and stuff like that and that's about creating journeys and about taking what we dislike and what we don't want and actually using these and creating mini journeys quests and 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 um goals and stuff like that um which is one of the reasons why i include a lot of pt kind of stuff in my life coaching um one of the reasons is that one of the most common things that people identify as a problem in their lives is the fact that they're un overweight or um, that kind of thing. They're not happy with their health. They're not happy with their body image. They're not happy with anything like that, you know. And I don't tend to say what a lot of people seem to be saying now is that, oh, you're under a lot of pressure because of social media and this, that and the other, because that's not fucking helpful. You don't want to take someone that cries themselves to sleep because they feel that they're in a body that they don't want they don't like and tell them well you just need to learn to love yourself because you telling them to do that isn't going to help them love themselves what is going to help them love themselves is to discover who they are and to be comfortable with who they are and most importantly when you discover who you are you do truly then understand where you're going, where you're aiming for, what you want with your life, what you want to do with your time. And it's giving people the ability and the tools to get that, to make that self-discovery, that self but also 
to gain power over their lives. So many people have no power over their lives. They feel helpless, you know, and many people feel helpless for many different reasons. But the overall arching idea of modern slavery is that they aren't in control. A lot of people complain about money and such and complain to me about, well, you know, I have this dead end job and it's shit and, you know, it's all right for you because you're, you've got money and you've got an interest in, you know, weird business and you love all that sort of thing. But I've got a wife, I've got kids, I need to put food on the table. I've got this, I've got that. I can't do this. I can't, 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 can't. And it's a lot of this bullshit. Okay, a lot of the fact that you can't do something is more often than not, most of these people is because they don't know how to do it. They don't have the help. They don't have the understanding. They don't have the tools. And some people in their lives get themselves into situations or have certain problems in their life that they haven't got the power to do anything about. 90% of the people that complain that they can't do something actually can, but there is that 10% of people that are going through something in life and really do need to come to terms with something. They need some kind of acceptance. And the big problem is that when the 90% of people use the excuse, of I can't do it. And when you do life coaching, when you help people on these journeys, you really have to truly get to the bottom of this issue that this person has. Is it one of the 10% issues or is it one of the 90% issues? The chances are it's one of the 90% issues, but one has to be careful with this kind of work, you know. Um, and giving people tools. So one of the important tools, I think, uh, for many people, because again, because we're not having specific clients, we're not talking about specific clients because everyone is an individual and everyone background is different. And everyone, what they're trying to achieve is, is kind of different. If I try to be as stereotypical as I can to hammer in the point and grouping things together which really what are the things the common threads that I have to include in my kind of life coaching practice in my assistance with people one of those things is to lead by example so one of those things is just the basic concept that we've we've approached before which is if you are the sum total of the five people you hang around with the most then you are the sum total of those people. So just introducing other people, another person, me, or doors that you can open into this mix to open doorways, to get people to socialize, to get people to change, to start moving in different circles is one of those important things. It starts, of course, with me, because that would be the first person that I meet. If I've can open doorways and get people to meet other people and that kind of thing, that's great. But ultimately it starts with me. It starts with, I have to be the person that, you know, is walking the walk and uh, not just talking the talk, 
Um, other things is this idea that yes, these these individuals they all want to get out of this kind of corporate rat race. They all want a job. They all want to feel like they're contributing towards something. They all want to feel like they're doing something useful. They all want to enjoy the things that they're doing that are useful. Okay, so for some that means actually helping them get the career they want, and a lot of the other pieces fall together. For others, it means getting them out of, you know, the corporate world altogether and just helping them establish some kind of passive income and stuff like that. Now, the thing with life coaching is that it involves so much of many different disciplines. As a life coach guiding people to, through, I have people that are entrepreneurs that are trying to start businesses that I assist with. I have people that are trying to do uh, physical recomposition, so things like weight loss. I have people that deal with health issues. I have so many different people that have all got and all need me and all need help with different aspects of their life. But the one common thread is that they want a lifestyle that they don't currently have. They want something that they don't currently have. And it's my job to work out what that is and not for me to come up with that. I have ideas. And I don't tend to say, this is what you need to do. This is the life you need to lead. What I try to do is take them on the process of assisting them to discover for themselves what that is. And there are a number of people that I've had which they've said that their life would be so much better if they were a multimillionaire. And they've gotten there. And guess what? Their life isn't any better they've got different problems but they've still got problems they're not actually happy that million pounds in the bank didn't make them happy i've got other people that it did okay is that it very much depends on the person it very much depends on their problem if you want and you know all of the things that you want to do with your life but you're stuck making money to survive and work in 12 to 15 hours a day six days a week and sleeping all day sunday that is difficult okay if you're trying to crack you're trying to break out this is like slave trade because this is like slavery because this is a great escape this is the escape of your life that you're currently leading to get to another life and to craft and carve another life that you don't know yet you think you know because they always think they know, but they don't. And it's about these tweaks and these tools and these journeys on the way. Because you see, if you rob a casino, or you rob an art gallery, or you break out of prison, what happens then is you need to spend the money. You need to shift that art and sell it. You need to be on the run from prison. It don't stop there, you see. I know in a lot of the films it is a case of, oh, well, they ended up breaking out of prison and that's it. But actually you're on a list. You're on most wanted. You know, that that, that whole fucking cycle, um, that whole story doesn't stop. And when it comes to this kind of thing, very often making and trying my best with the various tools and means at my disposal to create these little goals that the person really wants to achieve. And I create these goals based around what the person thinks they want, okay? Because I know that 
if I got from a business perspective or even from, you know, perspective that if someone comes to me and they're deciding that they really, really want to try something, they really, really want to, because they'll often come and they'll identify specific problems which will make an instantaneous, quick assistance, you know, whether it's getting a little bit of extra money to pay the bills, whether it is getting a life outside of their kids, whether it is, you know if I care for an individual and I'm the solitary carer of someone and I'm pun pumping all of my time looking after a sick elderly person and I have no time for me, but I can't bear, you know, to leave a life because I feel guilty about it. We need to address these things. We need to do work on all of these things. And when it comes to mystery schools, there is an alchemical transmutation. And when it comes to a lot of the life coaching, when you get a person to the point where they are free, like they are no longer a slave, when they are free. Most people have this sense of exploration. Most people finally sit down and they want to discover more, okay? You'll see this within paganism. You'll see this with the people that flock towards witchcraft and magic. A lot of them are older, okay? You'll get the people that are younger that have got a sort of fascination, but there's an increasing amount of people, a huge amount of people that are in the over 50s category. We look at a lot of our demographics of the people that come to us for content and stuff like that. You'll find a lot of the over 50s because the reason for that when it comes to um, talks, walks, classes, that sort of thing, is that this, this slave trade rat race stops people. They have to get a job. Okay, their job, career man, career woman, they have to put a lot of time into that. They get kids, oh, they've got to put a lot of time into that. Only truly when their kids grow up, when they maybe are kind of looking after the grandkids every now and then, they've got a little bit of dispensable income, they've probably retired, they join the fucking National Trust and go off on a little jolly, and that's when they start thinking about the big, big things. A lot of the catalyst is, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. I'm getting older now. Where did all my time go? I've spent so much time concentrating on my life, and that's it. I now want to look into the bigger things. I want to know about this. I want to know about that. I want to experience, you know? And they've finally got the time to do that, which is very sad because people can do that when they're younger. But because of the way society is structured, very often we don't. And the people that we see doing that tend to be bullshit yoga instructors that aren't particularly doing a very good job at this. But there we go. I digress. So when it comes to paganism, secret societies, mystery schools, all these kind of things. We are talking about doing a great work. We're talking about learning, developing transmutation. And the method for which I choose for that transmutation to occur, for all these things, these changes to occur, is to base it around those things that those people think that their lives would so much be so much better if they obtained it. Iron. The iron, the castle, the grave. The iron is a gym called Pure Gym in Brislington. Oh, I thought it was something way cooler. I thought it was going to be some sort of ironmongery or some sort of fucking cauldron or some shit. No, it's just a simple gym. It's something that I've seen a lot. Sacred site. The gym is a sacred site that only the initiated understand. Okay. Personal trainers, the decent ones anyway, understand this because they help. 
okay, most of them make money on exploiting clients' insecurities and basically, you know, make an entire business out of taking someone that thinks that they're a little bit too overweight because they've seen some other person's Instagram and says, pay me a little bit of money, I'll help you uh, drop the weight. But, you know, this kind of thing. The gym is a place of physical transmutation. Okay. You go in, you do some stuff in the form of ritual, because it is ritual, because you're doing the same structure. You're doing your warm-up, you're doing your cardio, you're doing your weights, resistance training, you're doing your cool down, and you're doing your stretching. Those are the main component parts to if you really want to do, you know, uh, be fit and healthy. Okay. Most people I know don't do all of those things, but take it from me, if you want to go for the longevity, healthy fitness approach and not just look the part, go for actual health, then those are the component parts you need to go for. And don't fucking miss any of them. Um, it's a place of physical transmutation through ritual. Interesting how that's very similar to as above, so below, as within, so without. What pagans do, what witches do. We do rituals. There are great ancient rituals. Transmutation. Alchemy is study of transmutation. Spagerics. There is a learning process that you do not understand from day one. You do not realize what the fuck you are learning. When you start going down and studying alchemy is a fucking mystery. But it's only through doing those alchemical experiments that you see the magic. That you see a change within yourself. That's why alchemy is so mysterious, you see. It's a closely guarded secret because you do these experiments. You learn the symbology. You feel the energy. That's a very magical thing. But it's really no different than many other things. Jim's one of those things that's very, very similar. It's a physical thing that you go through. Okay. Now... Business is much the same. I've assisted and invested in startups and help people create businesses from scratch. I tend to prefer to do that because it's far more fucking interesting than, uh, you know, these corporate muppets and bitches. Um, taking someone that has that idea, that spark, that truly wants to make something and has nothing is a beautiful journey, okay? Taking someone with a skill or an ambition or an idea and assisting them make that dear idea grow into an actual structure is a beautiful thing. Um, watching someone go through a journey of transformation, building something, whether it be their body, whether it be a business, whether it be a charity, a structure, a skill, a trade, anything like that, that is a transmutation. And you've got to get the right transmutation or transmutations, method for the right person, okay? As above, so below, as within, so without. What you do as a life coach, what you do is you take the journey and they establish what the goal is. If someone comes to you and they say, I'm poor, 
I'm fat and I fucking hate my job. There's free things. There are free goals. We need to get a better job or better source of income. We need to get healthier, better body, whatever. And, you know, money, whatever it is, health, all these things. That is what we fucking go for. That is what we are fucking aiming for. Now, what we aren't pretending is we aren't pretending that when the person gets to those things, that they're suddenly going to be happy because that's the lie a lot of people sell you. Okay. Instead, what we do from it comes to life coaching is we take that, we split those down into journeys and we go on a physical process. That person physically does it. That person physically starts the business. That person physically starts training, starts fitness, starts working on their career, starts all of that sort of thing. And I, I help guide that person. But along the way, the transmutation, the transformation within the person of going through that, they learn so much more and their goals fucking change. They change, okay? But we're always creating and tailoring the training and tailoring the journey to the person's idea, false idea, of what it is that they want that will make them happy. And most of the time it doesn't make them happy, but they end up becoming happy because of all of the tools and skills and the process that they've gone through. Now, you can utilize many, many different things to go through and learn this process of changing within this life coach process, this process of, you know, getting in control of your life. You can also take these processes and really truly understand magic, really truly understand the universe because as above so below. One of the greatest magicians that truly understands great high level magic happens to be an international strongman and his process for understanding a meditation and ritual involved the training that it took for him to win these various competitions and such. He didn't sit there necessarily mumbling Latin that is shit and doing candles and incense and all this pagan stuff. Okay, he might be a pagan, but he did that in the sacred temple that is the gym. He utilized ancient techniques that he discovered through working with spirits, through some research and that sort of thing, and he tried to implement them. The temple that he works with energies, that he speaks to energies, works with spirits, changes and rituals, happens to be a fucking public gym. Let that dawn on you. Because a temple, a sacred site, is sacred because it means something to someone. A magician's work room or temple or this idea that us witches, us magical practitioners, we're out to fucking cause change. Your work room is not a fucking sacred site because a bunch of other people said that it's a sacred site and worship there. Your temple, the place that means and is sacred to you, is the place you do your fucking work in, your magical work, the bit that makes the change, where you change, where you grow, where you learn. That is your temple. That is the place. And that could be anything. 
because it's going to fucking depend on you. Okay. It's going to depend on you. Now, if you'd like life coaching, then you can sign up to my life coach and you can talk to me about it. If you want some interest in somewhat stories, then those of you that get consultations with us, then ask one or two. And I'm sure I've got stories to tell about specific individuals, uh, goals and journeys and things like that. But this is something that we truly need to understand and it be at the core of our magical practice. If we are people that want to truly develop magical practice and develop as people, we need to understand we are trying to change. We're trying to change ourselves. We're trying to be more knowledgeable, wise, stronger, more powerful. That is the point. And that is the fucking opposite of this bullshit idea of religion and this bullshit idea of this modern paganist, pagany, witchy stuff. Because all of that is about copying a book. All of that is about being told the person you're supposed to be, you know? All of that is for the plebs. You listening are not plebs. You listening are people that are deciding to go to management level you're deciding to be the people that you know this is kind of like officers school this isn't general inventory basic fucking training shit you're going in at the top if you're a witcher magical practitioner you're trying to go in to really truly develop the people that want to go for the cookie cutter approaches are the people that they just kind of want to be assured that they're along the right line they just want to play it safe. And a witch does not play it safe. A witch owns their mistakes. And a witch tries to progress. And that is why I've always said that what truly defines a witch and what makes a powerful witch is how much time they have spent or have been an independent, free thinker, independent, empowered person. Because it's so fucking true. I know so many people don't believe me, but I have met so many people that have got natural psychic ability that can do all sorts of spells and stuff like that. And give it 10 years, they're in no further down the fucking rabbit hole. No more wiser, no more powerful, none of that. And yet I've met people that have that spark, that have that need, that craving, that drive, that haven't been born sensing the energies, that haven't been born, you know, seeing the spirits and all that, but have dedicated time. And they far exceeded the naturals, and they far exceeded the person that they used to be fucking jealous of, which they now turn around and pity. Okay. You need to start understanding and thinking about some of the stuff that I've said today in terms of your journey. Because this ultimately, although it's been a little bit of a, a look at some of the other aspects of things that you might not understand or might not see me do, because I don't talk about life coaching side of my business or anything, um, you know, but this is, there are some important highlights and points and things like that. And Yes, when it comes to mentoring, we help you on your journey. You're in the driver's seat. And there we go. I think I'm just literally going to leave it at that. 